Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. When I was 10, my parents and I went to visit my grandmother for spring break. My cousin also came to visit and we decided that we wanted to go to the YMCA for the day. My grandmother dropped us off and said that she would come and pick us up in maybe about four hours. On that day, the YMCA was pretty much empty. There were a couple of adults in the exercise room, but that was pretty much it. So we went to the basketball court and after two hours of playing tag and shooting baskets, we were pretty bored. I've never been the biggest fan of swimming, but this YMCA had a pretty cool pool, so we changed into our bathing suits and we headed in there. The pool was empty except for the lifeguard. We played a bunch of games and swam laps, but after about an hour, there wasn't really much left to do and there was no one except us to hang out with to keep things interesting. So we decided that we would play a game of seeing how long we could hold our breath underwater. We stood in the shallow end near the clock on the wall so we could time ourselves. Instead of fully submerging too, we just sort of stuck our heads face down in the water We did this a couple of times and I was winning. On our last round, I felt a tap on my shoulder though. I figured that it was my cousin giving up and telling me that I'd won, but instead it was the lifeguard who told me to knock it off or she was going to have to ask us to leave the pool. Since we were tired of being in the pool, we figured that we would get out anyway, get dressed, and we would go back to the basketball court until my grandmother picked us up. We only had one hour left anyways and... The water at this point was freezing. As we got out, the lifeguard stopped us and asked if we wanted to go into the sauna to warm up a bit and dry off. The sign said 18 years or older, so of course we were super excited that she allowed us to do that. She walked us to the sauna and unlocked the door. The door was glass and the interior was made entirely out of wood. Inside above the door there was a clock, probably to help make sure that you were not in there for an unsafe amount of time. The lifeguard stand was adjacent to the sauna, but if you looked out the door, you could clearly see it. So she followed us in and went over to the thermometer, encased in plastic, and unlocked it so that she could crank up the heat. I figured that she must have to turn it on each time, so I didn't think anything of it. 
Both my cousin and I were very young and short girls and so we really couldn't see the temperatures that were printed on the thermometer knob but I know that she was turning up the heat, that much I'm sure of. Then she left and she shut the door behind her. I thought that I saw her though lock the door too but I thought to myself why would she lock the door when we might want to get out? I checked the clock and decided that we should get out in maybe 10 or 15 minutes. It was already plenty warm in the sauna but now the room was blazing and it felt nice because I was so cold from the pool at first. After about 15 minutes though it was starting to get a little bit too hot and my cousin agreed that we should leave so we can get dressed and all that. I went to turn the doorknob on the door but it wasn't budging. I thought that maybe it was jammed so I shook it but it still wasn't opening and then I let my cousin try. She couldn't get it open either. We figured the lifeguard would be back in a couple of minutes so we sat back down and waited. The room was getting hotter now too and I really wanted to leave. I got up and started banging on the door and shaking and twisting the knob trying to get the lifeguard's attention. My cousin got up and joined me. We started screaming at the top of our lungs for her to let us out but she just seemed to stare right ahead. I don't think there's any way that she couldn't have noticed or heard two little girls banging and kicking the door and screaming like that. But now, we had been in there for about 25 minutes. It was now so hot in this sauna that it was hurting to breathe. It felt like my lungs were on fire. My eyes and skin were burning and we sat back down and put our towels over our heads because they were still a little bit damp and it made it easier to breathe. I was so worried about my cousin as she is a couple of years younger than me and I looked at the clock and saw that we had been in there for 35 minutes now. I got up and walked to the door again and saw the lifeguard still just staring straight ahead. Again I, I tried to get her attention by screaming that we needed out and banging on the door as hard as I could but still nothing. I was starting to get pretty dizzy at this point so I went to go and sit back down but the wooden seats of the sauna burned my skin. My towel was completely dry so I put it underneath me to sit on. My hair was also dry but I wrapped it across my face to cover my nose and I squinted my eyes so that they didn't burn as bad but I still just couldn't watch if anyone walked past the door or anything. It helped a little bit I'll admit but it wasn't great. My cousin was lying face down with the towel over her head not moving or saying anything so I nudged her to make sure that she was still okay. She was, but I could tell that she really needed to get out of there soon because she seemed a bit disoriented. It had been about 45 minutes and I was extremely nauseous. There was no way that the lifeguard would forget that we were in there and I thought that she would have come back soon, but there was this little voice in my head telling me that maybe, maybe she purposely locked us in there. Finally though, a man walked past the door towards the pool, but for some reason I just couldn't get up. My whole body was on fire and I felt so dizzy. Luckily, this man wasn't going to the pool. He, thankfully, wanted to be led into the sauna and came back with the lifeguard. I saw them walking this way and immediately jumped up to grab my cousin. I knew now that for sure that she had locked us in there because she pulled out her keys to unlock the door and let the man in. I didn't want to take any chances of us being trapped in there any longer, so... As the man was trying to walk in, I was trying desperately to shove our way out. But as we were trying to get out, the lifeguard started trying to shut the door and push us back with it. The man was clearly confused about what was going on and said, uh, I think they want out. The lifeguard let out a sigh 
and opened the door fully and we ran away as fast as we could into the changing room. We only had about 10 minutes before our grandmother was supposed to pick us up now and we were both so shaken by what had just happened that we didn't say anything to each other as we got dressed or on the car ride home. When we got back to the house, my parents were making us dinner and I told them the story of what had just happened. They thought that I might have been just exaggerating and they didn't believe me. I truly think though that that woman was going to try and let us cook alive in there. The only bit of doubt that I have is what would have happened if we actually died. She obviously would have gotten the blame. So what was her endgame? I'm 21 now but I think about this interaction all the time and when I'm in small spaces or I get too warm I still have panic attacks. No one that I know really believes this story and I get it, it's pretty absurd. I'm really not sure if I'm allowed to ask for opinions, but what do you think that this could have been? Do you think it was just some crazy misunderstanding or do you think that she really just left us in there to die? And if so, why would she do that? Especially when she could get the blame. I wanted to share a personal experience that happened to a whole bunch of campers up at Mariposa County, California from years ago. It was a deaf camp when this happened in the summer near the end of July. So something weird, very weird happened here and I wanted to share this story since it was an old buried memory that I'd just tucked away. As I said, this is during the summer when it was really hot, the campers all have activities and fun things to do throughout the day and being up in the woods or the mountain terrain, it gets pretty dark relatively quickly around 6pm or so. The boys and girls have cabins separated by gender, so as the boys we have more of a, a rugged cabin style I guess you could say, which is more like a, a wooded lodge lifted up and surrounded by mosquito mesh, 360, our windows all around the whole cabin to the one doorway in and out. There's a bunch of these cabins scattered throughout the woods too, some close to each other and some not so much. Anyways, one night I noticed the cabin not being used off in the distance was just dancing with lights, white and blue from the inside. I was yelling out about it but it was a deaf camp so I had to wave everyone's attention to it and our cabin staff were wondering what we were all seeing. Pretty soon our whole cabin was getting way too excited so some of them went to the other active cabins to explain what was going on and they went out to meet some other staff so as to go and see what was happening at the isolated unused cabin. It was about maybe 6-10 to 10 campers per cabins with about 3 staff in each cabin. There were about 6 cabins active out of 9 total, male side cabins that is. With about 20 staff members, the girl side staff had seen what was going on and joined under the lamppost that we were there outside of and basically we all just watched as campers from the meshy open air cabin windows that wrapped around the structure just watched on. These lights were just sort of swirling around inside, almost in a playful manner. We were watching the whole time until it just suddenly stopped and the staff were talking about it and watching from between the cabins the whole time as well and everyone stopped. Soon they started walking off towards the cabin in pairs of two and we never saw the lights again but we were watching them go to the cabins with their flashlights. 
Soon they started walking into the woods and separated out like it was a sort of search and rescue style operation, with their flashlights scanning the woods ahead of each of the pairs. A few pairs started moving around sort of erratically until everyone looking around ran back to the lamppost and explained what happened, and the staff went back to the cabins to wait for morning. One of my staff said that he saw something twice the size of him and he's like six foot tall, was the color of a sort of white gray color and it ran by him so fast that he said that it was just not possible. In other words, it wasn't human. He couldn't make out any features or see any face. He couldn't tell what kind of body it was. He thought that it was like a huge blob or something. Everyone was freaking out by now and this was happening at around maybe 10.30 or 11 at night. Obviously, nobody really went to sleep that night until morning came and the people in charge of the camp or of the deaf camp program were telling us in the morning that we can no longer go outside of our cabins after dinner. They didn't want anyone to get hurt or anything bad to happen and people suspected that someone was trespassing but those of us that saw the lights knew that it wasn't light from a flashlight since they were literally dancing around like an air show going on inside the cabin. Strangely enough though, nothing happened ever again after that night, but it was so strange and the explanation of whatever some of the stuff saw sounded like, I don't know, like the Fresno Nightcrawler to me or something. It was a, a weird night and something that I'll never forget, something that I think about often because to be honest I'm just completely puzzled by the whole thing. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So, I have a history of sleep paralysis, but it always happens when I'm on my back. It's usually pretty quiet and serene, I guess, but I sometimes would see an abstract human-like figure who was sort of ghost-white with long black hair and appeared to be female. 
It used to creep me out a lot, but I've learned to just keep my eyes closed and fall back asleep. It was a huge comfort once I got a little bit older too and realized that there really was actually nothing threatening about these episodes and that it was basically just a harmless hallucination. I learned to recognize my sleep paralysis and cope with it, so it was no longer a stressor for me. Now, fast forward and I was in college at this point, living at home with my parents and two of my brothers. I had fallen asleep in the family room, which was sort of like an extra open space that we used as a playroom growing up. My parents' house was built in the 70s and at one point, an addition to the house was added by previous owners. That's where our family room is, along with an additional bedroom in the back corner in the laundry room too. And I had fallen asleep on the couch back there. It faced the entrance of the family room and from here you could see the kitchen and part of the living room. I was having a perfectly normal dream when suddenly the dream was sort of abruptly changed. Metaphorically, it felt like I had been casually watching cartoons when sort of like a broadcast alert interrupted the program to bring the viewers terrible news. I don't remember much about the dream, just a few details like, well, one, it was Christmas. The lights were off, but the Christmas tree illuminated things enough to see. Two, it was a different house, yet the view from my sleeping position could sort of overlay the view of the dream perfectly, if that makes sense. Like, the layout of the dream was built upon what my sleeping eyes were looking at in real life. Three, there was a very unhappy or angry little boy. He was very small for his age and skinny. His head was too large for his body and he was wearing a helmet of sorts. I got the impression that maybe he was sickly and was wearing the helmet for medical reasons or something. Then, in real life, I was awakened by the entire house, shaking. Now, I don't live in a place that has earthquakes, so this immediately freaked me out. It was insanely loud too. I could hear the windows rattling and could feel everything rumbling around me. I was unable to move again. The room was dark, but I think there was a weird sort of green glow. I kept hoping that someone would come and get me and save me. And now this part might sound a little bit insane and dumb, I know, but please bear with me. The fear that I felt was very real at seeing something like this that I couldn't explain. There was some kind of monster right in front of me and it looked like a tangle of limbs and had no face. I felt like it wanted to hurt me and I was extremely threatened by it. I remember thinking like... Is this actually happening? How am I going to explain this to anybody? I was completely panicked at this point too, but still couldn't move. It's the worst fear that I'd ever felt in my life, in fact, and I don't remember what happened after that, just that at some point I was able to break free and I ran to the bedroom that was back here with me and, and my dad was sleeping in there and he was the closest person in the house. I woke him up bawling like a baby and trying to explain what just happened. I think that my family thought that I was having a mental breakdown when we all went over it again the next day. And, to be honest, I still have no real explanation for that night. Like I said before, I know my body and I know my sleep paralysis episodes. But this, this felt like something different. I was on my stomach when it happened too, not my back. I also distinctly felt like a foreign presence had entered the room that night and terrorized me. This wasn't just my brain this time, I think, and this was something else entirely. 
It's never happened again since then too, but my family and friends all agreed that this addition of the house never felt quite right, especially at night. After this, I decided never to sleep back there again and have been fine ever since then. Whenever we do have guests, they always feel anxious sleeping back there and some have reported having unusual or sort of disturbing dreams when sleeping back there. Now, I'm not usually quick to believe in paranormal explanations for stuff like this, but there is a small detail that is likely unrelated, but I thought that it would be interesting to mention. A few years later, once all the kids moved out, my mum started remodeling the house at one point. They knocked a wall down and... Inside was a mummified kitten alongside of a vintage black and white photo of a girl. It freaked the contractor out and they decided to throw it away but my brother sent me a picture of it before doing so. It's the front and back of the photo and also I don't have the photo of the poor kitten for obvious reasons and even if I did I wouldn't feel comfortable sharing it. I love animals and especially cats so I was very saddened when I heard about it being found that way. I can only hope that it had a natural and peaceful passing and that it wasn't like abused in any way, but finding it there in the wall like that, I don't know, that seems pretty sketchy. I still get teary-eyed though when remembering this incident due to how confusing and scary it was for me and also just how sudden and unexpected it was. So me and a friend were invited to a house party just for college students in the richer area of the town that we lived in. So the house was huge with like an acre of land and a pool area and everything. This party was themed to be a little bit naughty so my friend dressed in a sexy nurse outfit and I dressed as a belly dancer. Majority of the party took place in the house as there was maybe like 70 people within the house being very spacious so not too difficult to get around in. I'm not much of a drinker, but I did have some juice that was available. Some friends pulled me and my friend over to take some pics, and I set my drink down at one point. After what felt like an hour of just taking pictures, I found my cup and took another sip, not even worrying that I left my cup alone for just a moment. But then a man came up to me who looked to be in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. He said my boyfriend's name and said that he's been trying to call me. That's when I realized that I didn't have my phone on me. I have loads of respect for my boyfriend. We always make sure to stay in contact with each other and since he had to work, I promised that I would contact him, but I had just forgotten. The man said that it was urgent and said that I can use his phone to call in one of the rooms if I'd like. So not thinking at all, I followed the man. If my boyfriend really wanted to call me though, then I knew that it would be something terrible. But as we entered the room, I felt as if I just ran a mile and felt winded all of a sudden. The man closed the door behind me and sat me on the bed and gave me his phone. I started to feel more weak all of a sudden though, like I just got a migraine and just couldn't call. Then I was helped to lay down within a seconds and suddenly I was just out cold. I woke up later not sure where I was or whatever happened. I found my friend rubbing a napkin on my tummy while yelling. It took me a bit to come back to reality and I realized that I was in a bedroom with my friend cleaning some stuff off of me. That's when I had a panic attack and just realized that I quite possibly may have just been used. My friend calmed me down and told me that that luckily didn't happen. 
She explained that she couldn't find me anywhere and assumed that I went to the bathroom. But after like some minutes, I still didn't show and so she went looking for me and eventually checking the bedrooms and found me laying in bed with this guy and doing or taking something out of my belly button. Apparently, he was playing shots with my unconscious body of sucking alcohol out of my belly button. I know, that's really weird, but apparently he was licking salt from my chest and kissing my lips and... She didn't know how long this went on for, but I immediately felt sick and even coughed up from just the thought of it all. Thankfully, my boyfriend got off work early after my friend told him what had happened. He picked me up while my friend asked around about the guy, but of course, no one knew of him or recognized him. I was taken to urgent care and looked at, and thankfully nothing was wrong with me, and the drug in my drink didn't cause any further harm than just knocking me out. I do wish that the story ended here too, but I then started to receive texts from a random guy. At first he was just asking me random things and I just didn't reply, but then he showed me a pic of my torso and started saying creepy things to me, and even giving me the impression that he may be stalking me. This is still going on today, just texting me randomly, and I've had the idea to try and bait him one of these days to finally have backup to catch him, but... I don't know how smart that he could be and what he'll do to me if things really don't go as planned. At one point a few years back, I ended up working in a small privately owned restaurant. It was set on a small main drag in a tiny historic community. The restaurant definitely stood out too amongst the locals and the tourists due to its multicultural food variety. The restaurant served everything from American cuisine to Indian, Thai, French and Middle Eastern foods too. The small restaurant was formerly a popular privately owned Chinese restaurant and a local favorite. But unfortunately the older man that owned and operated it passed away inside the restaurant one day. So suffice it to say that the local townsfolk didn't take too kindly to the foreign city woman that bustled in shortly after his death and purchased his restaurant. Not only was my former boss flaky and irresponsible, but she could also come off as quite curt and rude at times. So she had a rough go at first obtaining the proper permits and whatnot in order to renovate the historic building. The thing is, is that when you do certain renovations in an old building like that, the local law requires you to then update a lot of other things that could be very costly. So that meant that she decided to just use the staff that she'd hired, which was us, to help her with most of the renovation work. Everything was going pretty smooth too, you know, like nothing out of the ordinary. That is, until one overcast drizzly day when we're all sort of gathered in the dining area for a staff meeting as we all sat there quietly listening to the boss lady, something a little strange happened. The front entrance door to the restaurant suddenly opened to about halfway and then carefully closed after a second as though someone had simply stepped in. Of course, there was no one there as the door was almost entirely glass and we would have seen a person on the other side, but we all sort of looked at each other confused we just chalked it up to being the breeze since the back area door was open. Though there was a, a set of closed kitchen doors in between, so it really didn't make much sense. Anyway, the second odd thing to happen happened to another employee when she was there alone one night. 
According to her, just after she turned a corner passing a shelf with some tools on it, an empty cordless drill case went flying past her head. It barely missed her and smashed into the wall in front of her. She definitely seemed pretty put off when she told us about it in the kitchen the next day. But following that, random small things would happen here and there. Like our boss would ask us once in a while why one of us didn't come into her office when she'd seen one of us walk by her open door, but we were usually puzzled by that, as none of us had ever walked past her office during that time. But besides that, we'd get the occasional strange sound, I guess, like a, a faint voice or a door opening or closing. Also, when I'd be in the kitchen putting together some ingredients for a recipe and I'd have to walk away for a second to go and grab another ingredient off the back shelf or something, but then I'd return less than like 15 seconds later, when one of the ingredients that I'd sent out prior to leaving the area would be just gone. I'd end up having to measure out and prepare the same ingredient again, annoyed, and I never did find out where all that stuff went. But I had no idea that it was about to get a whole lot more terrifying for me personally. You see, the final thing to happen to me and my co-workers was the worst experience that I'd ever had that was paranormal hands down. But in order to properly explain this part to you, I sort of have to explain a couple of things about the restaurant kitchens to you. So bear with me. So in a typical restaurant kitchen setup, you have a cook line. And the cook line is, well, literally that. A line is in skinny walking or standing space, typically between the oven, fryers, and the cooktop, with the prep surfaces and small fridges on the opposite side, leaving about maybe three to four feet or walking aisle forming a cook line. Besides that, there's a dishwasher outside of that line, followed by the rest of what you'd expect to find in a restaurant kitchen. You know, like fridges, freezers, all on a large scale too. You also have your giant hood fans above the cook area and a hot water heater too. The reason why I point all of this out is because together, they all constantly make noise. Think like louder ambient background noise constantly. So, this one day, there are three of us working in the kitchen. Me, my boss and another employee on the dishwasher. My boss and I were on the cook line while the dishwasher was a few feet away from the cook line and... We were all three working as normal when all of a sudden it just got really quiet. Think of when you don't realize you'd been hearing a sort of constant low sound until it suddenly stops and then you notice the sudden change in the noise environment. This was like that. Except for, I mean, it absolutely got dead silent. Almost like an invisible soundproof blanket got thrown over the three of us. And as soon as I noticed it, I looked around at the other two and they also looked puzzled. What the heck, I questioned out loud. Why is it so quiet all of a sudden? I asked the dishwasher guy suspiciously and he said, I don't know. My boss replied the same thing too, drawing out her words nervously as well. She turned to face me as I was standing directly behind her in the narrow cook line. Hey, Nora, go make sure that the fridges and the hood fans are still running. Maybe the power's out. So I ventured the 10 or so feet to outside the cook line area and, weirdly enough, suddenly I could hear the hood fans and even the dishwasher, hot water heater and all the fridges and freezers running like normal. I went back to my boss and, with a sort of confused look, told her, everything's working fine. That was the first creepy part of that, but 
When I stepped back onto the cook line to tell my boss, everything went silent again. Well, Nora, get back to work grilling those peppers, I guess, she snapped. So I got back into the cook line beside her. After a couple of minutes, though, I suddenly started to get tunnel vision and I, I felt really dizzy and nauseous. I told my boss and she told me to go and sit out back for a few minutes and get some fresh air, which I probably did. As I was sitting outside trying to feel better, I could see my boss go into her office, which was kitty corner from the back door. Since the back door was open with just the screen door closed, I was able to hear her while she made a phone call. But she sounded urgent and shaky as she asked the person on the other end of the line to please bring an abalone shell, some sage and some kind of weird oil. Now, the reason that she needed those particular items was because, according to her, she had felt something walk through her on the cook line that wasn't good. And the terrible part is that I was standing right behind her, inches away on that cook line. I waited for her to finish her phone call and return to the cook line before I went back in. By the time that I got back, everything sounded normal again on the cook line, which was just so bizarre. When I got off my shift about maybe an hour later, believe me when I say that I made the normally 45 minute drive home in just under 30 minutes. All night that night I tossed and turned, unable to really sleep, but the few times that I managed to slip into sleep, I kid you not, I got jolted right back awake because I would see a, a screaming demon-like thing right in my face every time that I fell asleep. I still don't know if that's related or... Maybe it was the adrenaline in my body that was keeping me awake with bad thoughts or something, but whatever it was, that day has got to be one of the weirdest experiences that I have ever had. One spring night when I was around 13, I was playing in my garden with a friend. I lived in a small bungalow with an overwhelmingly large garden large enough to house a World War II era bomb shelter with a lot of space left over too. And toward the far back of the garden there were trees, bushes and a tall metal fence backing onto the opposite neighbor's garden. It was pitch black around 10pm when I was messing around with a friend in the garden. This part of the garden is far enough away from the bungalow that any light radiating wouldn't illuminate the area. So I turn and look towards the back and... I saw someone standing there, about 15 feet away from me, standing, I would guess, 7 feet tall, but black as anything that I had ever seen. It was the shape of a person, but something immediately felt off about it. It was so black that it was almost radiating darkness. It's hard to explain exactly what I mean by that, but it wasn't black like a, a smoky apparition, but completely solid and so much darker than the night around me. It was that dark, in fact, that I felt like I could reach out and physically touch it. It wasn't in my peripheral vision or anything, too, but I was staring directly at it. What I mean is that it wasn't a dream or a vision with my eyes closed, or briefly in the corner of my eye or anything. It was right in front of me. Immediately, too, I felt intensely fearful, but I'm not sure if that's because I was generally creeped out or because... It was malignant. I quickly grabbed my friend who was next to me and ran inside as fast as I could. 
My friend didn't see the same apparition as me, but he saw what he described as shapes in the air right around the tree where I saw this person. Our parents immediately investigated because they thought that somebody might have broken in, but when they did, they found nothing. It would be impossible for someone to break into our garden anyway, but afterwards, I just had this constant feeling of always being watched until we moved out of that house about a year later. I'm 27 now and I still think about this. I don't suffer from hallucinations, sleep paralysis. I don't really believe in the paranormal or think ghosts are real. I'm very skeptical and I have a bachelor's of science in psychology, but I know that I saw something real that day that I just cannot explain. And the fact that my friend saw shapes, or whatever that means, suggested to me that I did indeed witness something strange and didn't suffer from a, a minute worthy of insanity or something. But I am wondering if anybody else has had any similar experiences to this, and do you know what they are? If you do, I would love to be in contact. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.